Well, if you told me before the Big 12 football season started, Kansas would be on one end of the standings and Oklahoma would be on the other, I'd say, okay, that makes sense, right? Kansas 0-2, Oklahoma 2-0. Uh, but that's obviously not the case. In fact, that's reversed. It is a bizarre start to the college football, mostly the Big 12 football season for that matter. And it's great to be here with you on heartlandcollegesports.com. Let's say hello to our friend Chris Plank, Sooner Radio Network. Of course, also on KREF down there in Norman. Great to have him on the show. I'm Pete Mundo. Chris, can I just say this before we start the conversation? Maybe it's because o- uh, maybe it's because OU fans haven't gone through what appears to be a mediocre season in a couple decades. But there appears to be some major overreaction to this start to the season. Do you agree with that, or are the fans, or at least the most rabid fans, on the something here? I just think it's too much. Yeah, it's it's um, there's there's a lot of things at play, Pete. And um, you know, I know we've only got so long in our call, so I'll be as brief as I can. <laughs> but you know, first of all, you know, they come out of the gate gangbusters, yeah. right? I mean, you blink and you're up twenty-one zip on UTEP, right? Uh, you struggle for a for a first half against Kent State, but they've you know they've only scored three points, and then you know you go into Nebraska and you just demolish Nebraska. So something I don't know what I don't know if, if if teams started to see some things they could take advantage of. I don't know if it was the uptick in competition, but you know something had fans' expectations thinking playoffs after three games, right? Mm-hmm. And then that that just changed in the in the blink of an eye, thanks to Adrian Martinez, who struggled to push the ball down the field to the point where there were rumblings that, hey, maybe a backup might not be afraid to throw this ball down the field, and they had just lost to Tulane, and again, they were out physical, and they came into Norman and pushed OU around. So, okay, you know, no no big deal. We've seen that happen before with Kansas State. And then you go, you go on the road, and, I mean, the, you get embarrassed by a TCU team that really done much yet this year, right? They beat SMU, Tarleton, and, and a bad Colorado team whose coach has been fired. So, yeah, there's – there's been a massive overreaction on social media, but there's also been a, a massive shift in what the what's going on here, right? Where the real sooner stand up. Is it that team we saw in the first three or is it this team the last two weeks that can't make a play on the quarterback? And, you know, it's weird because it seems like every week it's something else, you know, against Kansas state, it was an, an inability to get a quarterback down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, against TCU, they couldn't stop explosive plays. I mean, they were just busting all over the place. So, yeah, you're seeing a massive overreaction. I mean, absolutely, because, you know, the fans had kind of, you know, Brent Venables has challenged them all off season. Hey, we're going to – we're going to the SEC. We're preparing everything as if we're going to the SEC. And through three games, they looked a part of an SEC team. They were, you know, crushing it in recruiting and still are. But just, you know, this, this has led to almost – I mean, I hate to – they like a civil war but it's that's what's going on in this fan base right now and it's not pretty um, but it's nothing that winning wouldn't fix and it's funny Pete, because we were going through a lot of this last year right yeah. and, and they were undefeated and it was oh they suck they can't stop anyone we can't score you know we're, we're, we're basically winning on luck you know it's just it was wild because there was a very similar thing playing out last year but this year it just seems to be a little bit more dire because it's coming after losses. And let's not forget, too, in 2020, they started 0-2 in Big 12 play. Now, that was a different 0-2. You know, getting blown out by yeah. 30 points is different than losing to Iowa State by a touchdown. But still, I, I, I agree. Now, 
if there is, I don't know, before the season, I, I always thought that the idea that Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel would just replace what Lincoln Riley had done with Heisman winners on offense uh, based on the players lost to the portal and everything else was probably too much to ask. Defensively, though, that's where maybe you can say, all right, this is now Venable's bread and butter. He's a defensive guy. Right. You give up, you know, two straight games of 600 and some odd rushing yards. What's the concern right now on that side of the ball and why it's not clicking at least these last two games? Well, it's, it's, it's a high concern right now. And, you know, it's just it's a myriad of issues. It's guys not being, you know, detail-oriented. It's guys not, you know, sticking to their assignments. It's maybe in some ways trying to do, do too much, and sometimes it's not doing enough. You name it. And they've done it incorrectly, right? Um, the, the biggest, I think, frustration for me was Saturday against TCU was the first time that anyone really tested them throwing the ball down the field, and their cornerbacks failed that test. And they did so in doing things that were a consistent problem for this program, the better part, you know, of the last, you know, since I, I guess you could go back to like 2000 and, you know, what was it, 16, 17, the first year of Lincoln Riley? And it's not a Lincoln Riley saying, right? I'm just saying cornerbacks not getting their head around and committing PIs have been among the most frustrating things that this program has seen for the better part of the last, you know, like I just said, seven years. And, you know, Brent Venables used the term panic. You know, maybe some guys panicked. They didn't trust their coaching. And you saw players who we thought were off to good starts, like Woody Washington and Jaden Davis, that were just falling in old habits. And, you know, don't get me wrong, Quentin Johnston's a and he's going to make a lot of foolish. But, you know, all all of the TC1 receivers uh, made the Sooners look foolish. I mean, they had four PI penalties in the first half alone. So, you know, to me, to me, yes, the explosive plays were problematic, and they've got to get that fixed. Yes, the tackling was problematic. They've got to get that fixed. But they have got, they have got to do a better job of defending the pass against bigger, stronger, wide receivers because – the receivers in this league don't get any smaller or less talented. Now, TCU might have the best group top to bottom, but they, that was because Jay Belize is a very good cornerbacks coach. Mm-hmm. These guys had shown some signs, but that was just a complete and total, you know, reverting to what had been problematic for the better part of a while here at Oklahoma. So. A myriad of things, Pete, not one particular issue that you look at, but the P.I. penalties, to me, looking back, those were very concerning going forward in a pass-happy league. Yeah, uh, and how you know, how, how much of that is these guys learning a new scheme or is that overrated when it gets brought up in discussion? No, I don't think it's overrated. You know, there's there's no – Brent Venables doesn't hide from the fact that, hey, it's um, – we're going to be multiple and we're going to learn how to do a lot of things and it's going to be a challenge. And, you know, he puts a lot on his defensive players, specifically his linebackers and the linebacker play hasn't been good the last few weeks. You need your linebacker play to be really, really good. And it just hasn't been there for Oklahoma. So, you know, point a point a finger on team if you want, but I don't, I don't think it's about, you know, I don't think it's about guys not wanting to or trying hard. I don't think it's an effort issue. I think it's an understanding your assignment issue. Now, you know, you can look at it one way. Um, If you want to be overly optimistic and homeristic about it, you can say, boy, they learned some pretty hard lessons the last few weeks. 
and they know that if they don't change, they're going to get embarrassed again and again and again. There's no layups on the Big 12 schedule, and maybe that shakes a few guys into being more fundamentally sound and being better defend, better in, in what you're expected to do. So there's, there's your overly optimistic look at it, right? Then there's also that reality of, you know, people that say they want to simplify things or simplify it, make it simpler, make it easier. Well, it doesn't get much easier than a cover three and, and, a, and a corner busting his responsibility in cover three. I mean, that's as simple of a defense as you can run. So, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging right now because it's a feeling that Oklahoma hasn't felt in a non-playoff game situation in a long time, Pete. And, you know, that's where we are. You know, trying yeah. to figure out, okay, what's real and what isn't. What can be fixed to hopefully make this season respectable and what's just going to take time and an improved skill level in order to get this Sooner defense where it needs to be. He's uh, Chris Plank, Sooner Radio Network, KREF as well, down there in uh, Norman, Sirius XM, Fox Sports Radio as well. He is all over the map. So, and, and you know, I think we need to look at this too. And you can go down the list, uh, Chris, whether it's, you know, Dabo Sweeney's first year at Clemson, Nick Saban's first year at Alabama. And now with the way the transfer portal is, you lose a coach like Lincoln Riley, guys are leaving the program. So I right. I don't sense any panic on the inside. It feels like it's a lot more on the outside from the fans, right? Is that is that a fair sure, assessment sure. from the outside? Yeah. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. You know, they they've set a very high standard. Yeah. And they're they're I mean, they're PO'd, right? They're mm-hmm. they're upset, they're mad. And the only way you're going to get better is by working through it and and seeing it in game speed. Now, you know, everyone wants to see the youngsters. They want to see the Jaron Canick play linebacker, the freshman. They want to see um, they want to see Grayson Holton. They want to see Nick Evers play quarterback. They want to see Javante Barnes run it. They want, but you know, the reality is it's still a learning process for those guys too. So, um, I, I don't think that this suddenly becomes this massive rebuild where all right, out with the old, in with the new, mm-hmm. and I don't think the coaches feel that either. Mm-hmm. That's, that I makes – yeah. There, yeah, there's an urgency, though, I think would be the term that I would use outside of panic, right? Mm-hmm. There's an urgency there. Fans panicking like crazy, Pete. Urgency for the coaches. Hey, I'm not saying that when Oklahoma leaves for the SEC, the SEC will clearly be the best conference in America. I'm not denying that. But how about the Big 12 this year, Chris? I mean, this league, by every advanced oh. metric – is top to bottom, neck and neck with the SEC. It's incredible. And, you know, there's there's been some great coaching hires in this league, right? I mean, look what Lance Leipold has done at Kansas, and that's a guy that in his first year came in with his half ball. And where they are in their season. Dave Aranda, you know, had to implement what he wanted and figure out what he wanted to do offensively at Baylor. And, you know, he, he had his team knocking on the door of a playoff berth. If Chandler Morris doesn't play out of his mind, maybe Baylor's in the four-team playoff mm-hmm. last year. Um, and, they're, and they're listen, I know they've lost a couple of games this year, but it's still a really good football team. Uh, it looks like Joey Juice, Joey McGuire, has been a heck of a hire at Texas Tech. Chris Kleiman has been incredible at Kansas State. Uh, you know, we can go to the old-school guy now, Matt Campbell, Mike Gundy. This is a conference with really, really good coaching and athletic directors that are on the same thought wavelength as their coaches. And listen, let's be honest: the Big Twelve needs a big year. You gotta, you gotta prove to these TV networks that 
hey, we're not just Oklahoma, Texas, right? We're, we're going to draw big numbers when Baylor and BYU play, and we're going to draw big numbers when Oklahoma State plays Texas Tech. So it's fun, man. You know, I, I just – I love – I love every Saturday sitting down and trying to figure out who's going to win a game because now there's no there's no free space on the bingo board, right? There's no <laughs> gimme. There's no wheel. Uh, there's no rocking chair games in this league anymore. And it's I, – I mean, I'm not – I know Oklahoma State's undefeated right now, but I'm not comfortable in thinking they might not lose two games in conference play this season. So it is wild and it's unpredictable, and I think it's uh, fun that it's going to be that way. It might hurt us in seeing a team make the playoffs, yeah. but I also think it adds to the excitement week in and week out. Oh, no doubt about it. And uh, I, I saw this tidbit yesterday. I pulled it up for myself. Big 12, nine Big 12 games so far this season. The underdog is 7-2 and two outright. I mean that's just wow. that that's it's it's incredible. Um, when you yep. look at this, Chris, now from an OU going to the SEC perspective, where is that conversation at? Is there talk amongst the fan base of hey, you know, maybe we need till twenty twenty five to kind of rebuild this thing to being an SEC program? Has that come up at all over the past few weeks? Um, it's it's funny how losing a couple of games like Oklahoma has um, quickly. And I, I apologize, I'm going through the one rough area cell wise on my drive. But um, it's funny how a couple of losses suddenly change those that are like, we got to get out of the Big 12. We got to get there quickly. You know, the, the interesting thing, and I've, and I've said this a lot when asked about it, you know, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty blessed, right? I, I, I work in, in close conjunction with the athletic department, and I've asked these questions with, you know, people that would know. And no one has ever wavered, Pete, from 2025. Right, no one has ever said, "Well, there's a chance." It's been pretty consistent that 2025 is going to be the year, and that you know that means there probably is going to be a couple seasons of a 14-team Big 12, which is wild, right? And mm-hmm. that scheduling process is going to be fascinating to watch play out. But I'll say this: the um, there's still this, I think, push from the fans. We got to get there. We got to get there. We got to get there. But in everything that has been laid out to me and Everything that has been said, 2025 is still it. And like we said in the, when you first asked the question, suddenly trying to rush to get Bama, Georgia, uh, even though A&M's not all that great this season, but the A&M's and the Arkansas's of the world, suddenly that kind of fervor dies down a little bit when you have some of the struggles the Sooners have had the last few weeks. So we want Bama chance that, you know, every, every small school has when they, when they win a game. Those, those seem to die down a little bit when you have the struggles we've had the last few weeks. All makes sense. Last thing here, when you look at Texas this weekend, uh, this is a really interesting game for both teams, not just from a Big 12 standings perspective, but, I mean, right. OU falls to 0-3. You, your show is going to be insane next week, Chris. Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> and then if Texas falls to 1-2 and two in Big 12 play in this Steve Sarkeesian year that's so critical, who knows what that means for him and the future of the Texas program. So, Take me through, you know, the top storylines for this game and, and how you see this thing playing out. Yeah, Sooners need to get off to a fast start. They, have, uh, they haven't really done that since the opener, right? They, they were up on UTEP 21-zip, and in every game since, they've fallen behind. You know, these last two weeks, they never even had a lead against Kansas State or TCU. So, you know, Oklahoma's got to start fast and, you know, not allow, not allow explosive plays. I mean, Oklahoma won the game last year 
But the very first play from scrimmage last year was a bubble screen to Xavier Worthy that went 75 yards for a touchdown, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think you can have those oblique moments. Like the third play from scrimmage last week against TCU was a fumble when they were driving. I mean, you, you, you can't have those moments. For Texas, you know, it's kind of wild to think about the wave of momentum for a team that comes in, you know, what, sitting at 3-2 and two on the season. And, you know, they've, they've, they lost to Texas Tech in heartbreaking fashion the week before. But because they, they seem to rather easily beat West Virginia, you know, you would think this team is riding in on a five-game winning streak with the confidence that their coaches and players are talking with right now. And that's great to see. You know, it, it, it shows you that, you know, in Sark trying to, to build this foundation that, you know, guys are understanding that, hey, we, we've, we've got work to do and, you know, we're not going to get so down after a loss that we lose two games because of it. So, um, B. John Robinson's got a chance to have a big day. You know, I don't – unless Oklahoma's cornerbacks have figured out, hey, I've got to get my head back around, um, Xavier Worthy could have a big day, could be the return of Quinn Ewers. And in everything we saw from Quinn in a quarter of action against Alabama – it was pretty good, and that's a heck of a challenge for Oklahoma. And then, you know, you add the other storyline of the quarterbacks. You know, last year was the coming out party for Caleb Williams, right? He came in and saved the season for the Sooners. Now, we don't know if Dylan Gabriel is going to be cleared in time to play this game. But as we sit here, I don't, I don't even know if he's practicing right now. Now, granted, he's been the starter all season long. He doesn't need a ton of reps to get ready. But three quarterbacks are taking reps. And it's not just Davis Bevel, the backup last week. It's General Booty and the freshman Nick Evers. That excites fans a little bit. So, you know, both teams have a question at quarterback coming in on Saturday. We expect to see Quinn Ewers. And, you know, who knows who we'll see if it's, if it's not Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma. So it's, it's really a fascinating game from a fan expectation and kind of mindset perspective. But I also think it's even more fascinating for both of these programs to continue to say, Hey, this is our, our culture we're putting in is going to be fine, right? And and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be okay when we get to the SEC. But the team that loses this game, especially if let's just say hypothetically things go south again for Oklahoma, my gosh, it's gonna be a really, really hard sell for that fan base. Fascinating storylines, Pete, all over the place coming up Saturday in Dallas. Oh man, cannot wait. Uh for certainly not the reasons we expected before the season, but go figure. <laughs> That's the beauty right. of sport. Chris Plank, Sooner Radio Network, uh, doing great work there. The Sooner Sports Podcast, KRF and Norman. Uh, Chris, always good to have you on, my man. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Pete. Anytime, man. Wow. It is certainly an interesting time. Hey, if you're listening on the podcast, leave a rating, review, subscribe. I've got that free Heartland College Sports Koozie for you. When you leave a rating and a review and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Take out a couple minutes and uh, leave that rating and review if you can. Also, uh, listening to this, if you're an OU or an Oklahoma State fan, we have a Bedlam podcast exclusive for OU and OSU. It's hosted by uh, Eric G. So if you are uh, new to our show or you just didn't know that, just search Heartland College Sports wherever you get your podcasts, and the Bedlam podcast will come up for you. That way uh, you can also get more content from Heartland College Sports that's exclusive to the state of Oklahoma, specifically the Sooners and the Cowboys. So go enjoy that show wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Bedlam edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast. We appreciate you. Leave that rating, review, subscribe, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.